0: And welcome to Two Sweary Dads, a podcast about parenting and other dadly pursuits. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm Ben Slinger. So Ben, what did you get up to this week?
1: Uh, well, the kids are a bit sick again. Fucking winter. Um, so that's kind of been shitty though. Yeah, so I've had a few early mornings it has been, I've been tired. This morning they will be absolute little shits. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, kids, if you're listening to this in the future I'm sorry I called you a little shit but you were being a little shit yeah mostly Taz he's been in a bit of a bad mood all day but um, anyway Erica Erica did the amazing thing and took all three kids to Ikea by herself um, which kind of makes her super mum
0: and she got out of there alive
1: she got out of there alive she got out of that pit of broken dreams (laughs) and furniture that you assemble yourself until you find you're missing the last piece. Um, yeah, so that was all right. Oh, we did have a fun trivia night for the e um, which is the Eastern Area Multiple Births Association. Mm-hmm. Um, for that association. Superhero themed. So I, working, at, working at a costume store, we, of course, left it to the very last minute to get costumes and we're limited to what was in stock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I went went as Batman and Erica went as Elastigirl from The Incredibles.
0: Oh, very nice. If only you could have gone as Mr. Incredible, and then that would have actually worked out a little bit better. Yeah,
1: out of stock. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we... chose that you need
0: to order some more in.
1: We came came equal last, so good on us, team.
0: Equal last. Mm. So, tell us about those costumes. (laughs) Now they'll make you win. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? You know what, co- what costume would have made us win? You, you, well, tell us about your your awesome costumes and tell it, and tell us how you know you'll win competitions because they're so realistic. <laughs> well, it was a trivia contest. It wasn't a costume contest. Ah, <laughs> oh, so the trivia night you came last. Yeah. Not the costume contest.
1: No, we didn't win that either. But because I know a, that you've yeah,
0: actually won with a well, I say won, but you've been featured on a couple of internet sites with with a previous costume that you and your wife went with
1: that's true it's true speaking of costumes um halloween 2013 just before taz was born um this is halloween in canada where they actually do halloween um so it wasn't just us dressing up and everyone not being dressed up uh i made this big sully costume from monsters inc out of sort of furry material and we spray painted it and it's slightly the wrong colour, which I keep getting on Erica about, but <laughs> it's not quite the right blue. But anyway, it was it was pretty good. Um, but Erica, being eight months pregnant at the time, we painted her belly green, like gave her a t-shirt that had her belly sticking out, painted it green, stuck some arms and legs on, and she went as Mike Wazowski. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the funny thing is, I didn't even find out about it from you. I found out about it, of all places, nine gag. <laughs>
1: Oh, was it really on night yeah it got so um which
0: they pulled from reddit anyway so it was on reddit yeah we
1: posted we posted it on reddit ourselves because um, we thought it was funny uh and the th- the thread got derailed because I put the title as something along the lines of you know my partner is uh, eight months pregnant and this is what we did for Halloween and a bunch of assholes were in there like oh your partner like are you lesbians because or you know are you business partners it's like fuck off people can call each other partner like when we're we weren't married at the time and we're having a baby so it, she's not my girlfriend like what else are you gonna say this the significant other sounds kind of you know mm. anyway so yeah that got derailed but yeah i think it was even i think it was the year later someone from huffington post i think um emailed me because they'd seen it on Reddit and was asking for my permission to use it in a um, you know 10 best Halloween costumes um, article and then it got reposted like the year after that as well so yeah it did it's um, gone, I it's saw gone it around a I've bit. seen
0: it like 3 or 4 times on Reddit yeah it's been reposted there oh times. really oh that's really funny oh not Reddit 9 Gag. I mean. yeah okay like people reposted re- Um, it was first off I saw the individual photo I'm like hey that's my friend and then I'm like a year later I'm like there's a Huffington Post article and they just you know they cut out all the photos and just put yeah. them in the long list and it's like oh there you are like number 8 or 9 or something like that something in there the yeah
1: um, yeah so that was a pretty I was pretty proud of that costume
0: Um, so what have you been up to? what's going oh, on? oh just being sick and not feeling great at all I've had the last two days off work, which hasn't been the best, but, um, you know, getting through it, I've...
1: So not one of those days off work where you just are
0: feeling too sick to go to work, but well enough to sit at home and
1: play video games all day?
0: I don't... I wouldn't say that I, w- I wasn't <laughs> playing Dark Souls 3 for some of the, <laughs> some of the time, but um, I certainly <laughs> but had you a just sleep felt this shitty. afternoon. Yeah, okay. I had a sleep this afternoon because I just started feeling really, really sick. Haven't even eaten deep haven't eaten dinner at all you haven't even eaten d haven't had any d tonight some vitamin d injection Mm um no i haven't haven't even eaten dinner i'm feeling that great Um, lovely but don't throw up on your microphone the the rest of the family being have been pretty good um some interesting things have been happening like bianca took james to his second speech pathology appointment and did i lose you Oh, this is the first time this has happened
1: in uh, 13 episodes. That's impressive. Well, shit. Do-do-do, waiting for Trevor to reconnect. I don't even know how we handle this. It's never happened. It's never happened before. What's well, it's my internet. Well, fuck.
0: Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, I don't know what's happening, I couldn't actually call out.
1: Oh, well, I think our internet dropped out, so...
0: It's really weird, because I could still hear you.
1: Really? For how yeah. long?
0: I I could hear, oh, this is, this is weird, it's the first time it's happened in 13, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it cut out. Right,
1: <laughs> so you didn't hear me singing.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what were we talking about? <laughs> so the last thing I heard from you
1: was, um, took James to his second...
0: Okay, so today Bianca took James to his second speech pathology appointment. Oh yeah, I had that and there. Uh, um, better she's getting a little bit closer to to like a, a an idea as to what might be what might be wrong. Um mm-hmm. still still not enough things to, to place him on the um autism spectrum disorder spectrum. Okay. But um it might be it might be slightly on there because there uh, there are a few concerning things in there, Right. just um, delays. So we've got a we've got an occupational therapist appointment next week, just to um, find out whether his motor skills are all up to date and yeah and those sort of things. Which I think it think they are. I mean he's been getting um, after his bath like tonight he. He decided, no, nope, it's my turn to get dressed. So he put all his clothes on himself and put yeah. his socks on and all that sort of stuff. So he's doing all those sort of things. Oh, that's good. Yeah, um, yeah. we've had a little bit, little bit further in in toilet training. Like he's um before he each of his baths, he's he's been um going to the going to the toilet and actually, you know, feeling very proud when he actually does something in the toilet.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good. Just <laughs> um sorry, that just reminded me because you know because as parents do when we get reminded of something our own kids do, we just interrupt. Um, But uh, no, I was just going to say, because yeah, we, we tell Taz that at least particularly when he was first toilet training, you know, we'd say, Oh, we're so proud of you for going to the toilet. Um, And now he'll get off the toilet and and he'll go, are you so proud of me? (laughs) It's like, yes, yes. We're very proud of you, Tasman. Great. What have we created? (laughs) Um, No, that's great though. Yeah. It's good to you're seeing some progress and, um. Yeah. Hopefully, it's it is just sort of delays and not anything that would be a you know a permanent delay sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Hopefully, we've got um a new uh, visual timetable to start using to try and get his attention span up a little bit and okay. um, just a few different different little tools and techniques that um we can use to, how does to it, help him go.
1: How does that visual timetable work? What,
0: what's that so about? um what happens is because we need to start getting him involved in a lot more adult led tasks to to get his attention span up above um above sort of you know 30 40 seconds to more yep. 5 minutes um yep. basically when he wants something say like he wants to watch the tv or something like that we'll um we'll actually put on the visual timetable that he's got to do some drawing and then maybe right. read a book and then maybe do something else and then and then finally he gets to watch the TV, so he can actually see what's on the visual timetable just by little pictures, and then he knows when he actually gets what he wants. Okay, so it changes? Yeah, so um, it's got Velcro on the back of it, and we can place whatever we want to right. Okay, on there yep. to, to try and get him involved in doing things that we want him to do. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure maybe today it'll be he wants to watch the tv so we'll do a puzzle then we'll read a book and then we'll play a game and build something with um, right and so you put all lo- and you
1: put those three things on the timetable and, and like then the
0: fourth thing will be the tv so okay he knows so you can see that he yeah. gets this then this then this then the tv yeah but of course you don't do that sort of level first off you, you no. do one or two things One. Yeah, and,
1: yeah 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 oh that's a good idea it'll be interesting to see how that goes with how he goes with that then.
0: Yeah. Because the idea is that it's then we're the ones actually leading the task telling him that you know, we'd like him to do this now and because he can then see what, what else is coming up afterwards. Mm. Mm. It should, um it should help with his attention.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's
0: good. The joys of being a parent. Yeah. Always worried after your kids, aren't you?
1: I know. Well, so this is maybe something we can talk about actually. And, you know, it, it may it may get a little bit serious. I don't know. We'll see. But I've I've been feeling a bit lately cause, because because ha I have been so tired. Right because you know the kids have been sick. They've been getting us up early. I, like yesterday, I was up at fucking quarter to five, and that's just
0: that's too early. And You've been having insomnia issues as well. I saw. Well, on like, Facebook.
1: yeah, I have been having insomnia issues too. So yeah, I, I had not had I had not had much sleep. And so when I get up with the kids like that, I pretty much do whatever i can to not have to engage with them because it's tiring (laughs) right like and i feel really guilty about it but i spend a lot of time sitting on my phone in the morning um you know I, i i don't neglect them i i get them up i change their nappies if they need it but then sort of as soon as i can i'll put them in their high chairs to eat because i know that they'll basically keep themselves busy eating yep and i can check facebook or reddit or whatever on my phone and And it sucks, but uh, like, I don't know about you and I'm sure other people out here will relate to this, but even when I'm trying, like even when I go, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to spend some time with the kids. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to, you know, play little games or whatever. There is this pull and I don't know if this is just where we're at with the sort of uh, ubiquity of... Of phones and devices and stuff, there is this pull that I feel to get my phone out of my pocket and and check it
0: yep do you have that like yeah definitely yeah. um i I find it easier to to ignore it at work whereas when it's because I know that pulling at your phone all the time at work is not a not a good thing to to sort of see but mm. you're at home you're like you're in a you're in a place that you can physically pull out your phone and and as much as you you want to spend all the time. With your family, there's also this outside world that you'd like to stay connected to. and
1: Yeah. And I mean, I have, you know, I do have all these personal projects on the go. And, and you know, at the moment, I'm, I'm probably taking on a little bit more than I have time for. But part of that is because the kids are getting to the age where we can kind of step back a little bit and they play by themselves. And, and you know, they are in general, you know, this last week notwithstanding sleeping better so we're getting a bit Mm -hmm. more sleep and we're feeling like you know we can go out to the trivia night and leave the kids here with a neighbor um you know and i can spend a bit more time on projects and stuff Um, but yeah that you know even that i feel guilty about because you know i spend all morning each weekend in my office working on projects when i could be doing stuff with the kids yeah um but yeah like after i guess it's just after three years where you know having like I mean three and a half for you um, and you know, two, two and a half for me of having kids as sort of our main social outlet right because yep. for a lot of that time you just you you don't get to go out as much you don't get to see other people as much it just it's starting to wear on me a little I suppose um, and I don't know that sounds as I say it even it sounds terrible but I think I mean I don't think I'm alone in this Um And I don't think it makes me a terrible parent, but, you know, it is hard to admit that, yeah, like a lot of the time uh, it's just easier. It's just because it's hard to be on all the time, right? So it's just easier to just browse Facebook or whatever and let the kids play with themselves. Mm -hmm. Play. (laughs) Let the kids (laughs) play by themselves. (laughs) Insert masturbation (laughs) joke and (laughs) we're done. (laughs) They're not quite at that age yet. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. Do you do you have similar things? Do you know of other parents that I don't know? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, well, I I find myself like looking at my phone as soon as I get home from work because when I'm at work, I I get restricted to breaks. Hmm. As to you know, okay, occasionally I'll I'll be waiting for batches to finish, so I might I might use my phone a little bit more during during that time. But then you know, all of a sudden I'll, I'll go stretches of sometimes you know five six hours without even looking at the phone so when i get home the first thing i want to do is just reconnect with the outside world yeah and of course sometimes i'm only home for a couple of hours before i'm off to um off to dancing or something like that yeah or james is going to bed or whatever right like so it's like this is my time for for seeing james but it's also you know this is my time for catching up with the outside world See, I don't even have that excuse because
1: I don't really have those limitations on me at work, but um but yeah, like yeah, that that's another part of it. You know, the the mornings and the evenings are the only times that I see the kids and I I get this rush of guilt because I'll realize sometimes as it's getting to the end of the day that I'm almost dreading going home and not in a big way not like oh my god i'm dreading going home but there is just this little twinge there's this this, this little twinge of oh i didn't get enough done today like i'm on a you know i'm on a roll i'd actually rather continue working on this than go home and see my family in, in like or at least a small part of me would and like that's a shitty feeling like i don't want to be feeling that but it's just that i know as soon as i walk in the door and this is not this is not on anyone because Erica's been, you know, dealing with them all day. Like I, I certainly can't begrudge her, um, you know, wanting wanting to be able to check out herself. But yeah, as soon as I walk in the door, I'm sort of responsible, and generally, you know, we, we're trying to get dinner going, and and it's not that Erica just completely disappears, but she will often take that opportunity to to, to herself check Facebook and stuff, you know. Yeah, and there's so there's a there's an aspect of me that's just like oh, that's coming up and that's going to be tiring and yeah, I don't know. It, su- it does suck that the main time, the main times I get to spend with the kids are in the morning when I've just woken up and I'm tired and in the evening when I've just finished work and I'm tired. And you're tired, yeah. Um, And you know, I'm sure Erica's tired all day. I'm sure, you know, it's not like she gets all this quality time with her or whatever. She's doing other things too and she's, you know, working basically, you know, different, different kinds of work but just as hard as I am. Um, you know, I know that particularly sometimes with, harder. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, like I said, she took all three fucking kids to IKEA today and they were,
0: And you know. and we sit in front of the computer all day doing our work and yeah, you know, as, yeah. as as mentally taxing that is, you know It's work, it is very different, yeah. The work and our, I mean, our wives currently currently do is, is quite mentally and physically taxing, so Yeah. Yeah, so
1: no, I, I, I certainly am not um you know <laughs> Uh, casting any aspersions for how much work anybody's doing it's just that from a personal point of view it is difficult as well and there is there is a part of me that says oh like that i'm not particularly looking forward to that Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know other dads out there tell us if you feel the same thing make me feel better about myself (laughs) um
0: I can, I can probably say that I've never had the had the thought, I'm going to stay at work longer so I don't see my family. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I've never done it. No, but I, I can honestly say that I've never actually felt that either because I'm usually like, it's five o'clock, I can... Gl- oh, there's a meeting I need to go into, damn it. Mm. <laughs> and I usually get dragged into a meeting or something like that. Right, so just yeah. like, I just can't wait to get out of here.
1: No, um, I mean, and often that's the case for me too, but... Uh, I Plus mean, also
0: because I've got an hour drive home, it means I've got an hour of podcast listening ahead of me. So <laughs> um I quite enjoy my, my trips yeah. to and from work because I get to listen to, to different podcasts. And, yeah, yeah. Or I get I get to listen to audiobooks. Like I listen to the entire Game of Thrones to and from work. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was an amazing, you know, time. It's it's giving Yeah, that's handy. I to. almost wish I had
1: Sometimes I always wish I had a slightly longer commute so I could have that kind of wind down time. Yep. You know, whereas I, you know, I'm only ten minutes from work, or you know, or you're working, working at home, <laughs> <laughs> and it's literally I've been hearing it outside the door for half an hour because the kids are getting tired and hungry anyway, and it's that I finally
0: say, okay, I'm stepping out, <laughs> and so the commute is literally five seconds from the from the desk to the to the door, and it's like, okay, I'm home. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's the same distance I am now from the kids, which is a single wall between us. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, I, when I used to work in the city, because I, cause we live on in the very outskirts of Melbourne, you know, start going from the um, train station to, to the city, it's about 42, 43 minutes from here to Richmond Station. mm which just happens to be the same length as most TV shows. Oh yeah. So I'd get a single TV show in on the on the way in and a single TV show on the way out as well as um like some podcast listening on the on the way from Richmond station to to work. So I'd actually get a little bit more time for for wind down.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um I I kind of miss those but I I actually enjoy driving the car all the way into work. Mm. A little bit more because I've got control over how fast I'm going and and I can actually see if there are any delays. I can see what's usually causing those. Whereas on the train, you're sitting there going, "Come on, I need to get home. I need to do this." And
1: yeah, there's some random delay that they you know, you never know what it's what it's from. Yeah. So anyway, while while we're sort of thinking about that, let's let's take it a little bit further and just uh, like, is there anything as a parent? Is there anything you feel like you have just failed at or are failing at, while we're sort of admitting guilt that you're prepared that you're prepared to tell the world on a podcast <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> that six people listen to? Um, there are things that I that I fear that I'm gonna I'm going to fail at in the future. Mm. Um, okay,
1: well that's yeah, that's a good way to direction to go in.
0: You know, so I I just know that as as time goes on, you know, I've I fear that I'm well, maybe not not able to spend as much time with with my son, and that could be, you know, degrading to to you know his like his psyche your, in the future or yeah, something your like relationship that, you with know? him. Or... But but then again, I I have a look in our bedtime routine. You know, he's. Any time that I'm not here, he always asks where I am. So he, it's it's not like I'm, you know, not known in his life. So it's- yeah, of course, no,
1: I mean, absolutely not. Like it's you know, he sees you every day, so I you can spend sort of time see him.
0: that, you know that that fear is unfounded. But there's certainly,
1: but still, yeah, no, I can I can, I can relate to that fear and just, I mean, and it is just sort of the unknown repercussions of our actions now and and how they do affect our kids as they grow up you know I've definitely spent a lot more time on my phone around the girls than I ever did with Taz because you know for one, he was our first and of course we just had him at the time and and so we were less you know less tired particularly by this age and uh and yeah just sort of more dedicated to spending that time with him so you know how is that going to affect their development are they going to have less and less of an attachment to me because they've had me sort of uh, had my a attention more well because yeah because they've had my attention less over the over this first year of their life yeah um and and going forward you know how how do these things affect our kids and and i mean it's it's not like uh, you know it's not like being on your phone once is obviously going to make a big change to the psyche but when you when you when it is over and over and when it is this constant thing um yeah i don't know it, it, what sort of effect does that have on the way their brain develops
0: and these these are all things that no one actually knows i mean just just listening to a few other podcasts out there you you realize that everything that that we sort of take for granted and we say that we know about how the human body works and the human mind works is is literally literally through experimentation and yeah, of course. And So we can't actually be sure that what we're doing now is actually damaging in any way to to our kids. No, no.
1: But, you know, there is I mean, to to go to the extreme, obviously, if you if you don't um interact with your kids at all, then that does create severe psychological problems. Yeah. And, you know, so by extension, we can sort of we can sort of think, okay, well, the more you interact and socialize with your children, then um, sort of the, the the healthier their minds are and they learn faster and, and this sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, so you sort of just take that back a bit. It's like, oh, I'm not doing that as much as I could. So, does that mean, you know, their brains aren't developing quite quite as well as they could? Like, I don't think that being on my phone occasionally in the mornings, you know, is going to mean my kids are going to be dumb or, you know, have particular social issues or something necessarily but you know is it squandering
0: some small part of their potential but also i mean it sort of also goes to you know are they going to have the same values and ideals that we have i mean we're very you know small l liberal (laughs) um but you know are, are they going to you know grow up resenting you know our sort of values and thoughts and you know become anti-vaxxers or something <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah well there is yeah there you know there there is a path you could draw there of you know oh I spent too much time on my phone which meant our relationship wasn't as strong as it could be which meant that when they became teenagers they rebelled more than they could have and yeah like sort of uh, went against our political beliefs to become well, Dad, yeah, I'm, to become I'm something Joining,
0: that, I'm jo- I'm joining the local church and you know going to be very religious and you know go against all your ideals of atheism (laughs) i mean that's not
1: that particular thing isn't the absolute worst that could happen um depending on the which church Um, as long as it's not fucking hillsong or something (laughs) somebody culty
0: bullshit that turns out that he moves he moves to um moves all the way to to america and goes to Westboro.
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um no i mean that you know that's more about their actions um of course like they can they can believe in a god if they'd like as long as they still treat people with respect and and uh you know don't hurt people or whatever but
0: um i mean that that's what i've always you know growing up you know my my parents were somewhat religious mm. um they actually met in a um in like a a church youth group, sort of thing. Yeah, which is really quite funny when you when you then take it to when we were born and like, mum and dad never made us go to church or didn't didn't do anything like that because I think they were made to go to churches when they were kids and they right. they sort of wanted to rebel against their parents that way. Right. Um, but then that that also enabled my sister and I to have our own thoughts as to what was happening religious religion wise
1: yeah I mean I think that's yeah I think that's a bigger part of it is just to let your kids I mean the main thing that would concern me about Taz being religious and joining a church is that he we didn't instill enough critical thinking in him um, because I feel like if, if he did that then he is pushing away some of the things that we are teaching him which is about yeah like thinking critically and reasoning over problems and not having faith in things because that's not science you know that's that's not reason
0: um and we're not saying that you know people that are you know religious have don't have any of these things it's just that no but i'm not not saying (laughs) that but i do
1: feel like and i'm sorry if i'm offending anybody but i do feel like there is a certain lack of critical thinking there's almost a necessity for there to be a certain lack of critical thinking for belief in at least a certain type of god you know perhaps you don't have to go as far as completely denying that there is a god to be critical about like to be critical about the world around
0: you and believe in science Hmm. um well i i can i can certainly say that even though you know you've you've gone down the path of atheism i'm i'm certainly more in the agnostic camp saying that there could be something out there but it hasn't been proven yet and it's yes i'm a fence sitter
1: (laughs) yeah i mean the the thing around that is like technically i mean it's the whole invisible pink unicorn thing right oh yeah like technically yeah there could be an invisible pink unicorn that doesn't smell and is invisible and 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 you know um, it's
0: pink because we
1: said it is, and yeah, because you know you know. But if it's completely immeasurable in every way, what's the point in believing in it? Like, how can you believe in it other than because somebody told you it existed? And so that's kind of that's the only god I feel like you can believe in, uh, if you are to be a critical thinker and but and and accept science and reason. Uh, and and I just sort of think, well, then what's the point?
0: <laughs> Whereas I've I've sort of gone more down the path of well, you know people people believe that yes there is a there is a god. I know that we've gone down a very religious track now, but um we'll yes there that. is a god. But we'll go back to our failures as p- parents. Well, <laughs> our, the failures of our parents of of leaving us down this path. <laughs> um, where was I? Uh, uh, you know some people believe that God is infinite and all that sort of stuff and people who believe in science believe that the universe is infinite, who's to say that, you know, God isn't the universe? And the universe itself is not necessarily a, a sentient being as such, but it, is, it represents the the God as a whole and there could be something else controlling it outside of our means. I like, mean,
1: again though, if it if it literally has no bearing on our tiny little planet like infinitesimally tiny planet in a universe like that then I mean it's philosophy at that point right it's not science Um, and yeah like it's an interesting thought experiment but I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't base
0: you know a life around it (laughs) oh no and that's why and I mean I know you 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 don't I don't base a life around it because you know I've I've done a bit of reading, and I'm like, okay, there's all these things in here that, you know, seem kind of contradictory. Then people are saying, oh no, you don't. We're Christians, so you don't look at this part of the of this book, and you know, it's like, well, no, it's pretty, it's pretty
1: hypocritical around that. Like, I mean, it's, we pr- <sighs> we we don't, we don't follow the
0: Levi- Leviticus because we're, you know, we're nice Christians. <laughs> we're nice Christians. It's like, well, wow. you know, you can't say you can't cherry-pick no. bits of bits and pieces of a book you know no. if you're gonna cherry-pick then why don't you remove it it's like oh no because we need to know what we, what we don't like it's like <laughs> well except that the book doesn't tell you not to like those things so you're exactly. just
1: you're deciding anyway so hey hey oh you've just discovered that actually you can decide for yourself what is good and bad and moral or not just like atheists there are literally people out there who think you cannot have morality if you're an atheist like that Have the they most... listened to us? <laughs> <laughs> we are moral as fuck. Um.
0: <laughs> fucking moral. Like, really fucking moral. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
1: How many, how many listeners do you think we just alienated? Um, <laughs> all of them.
0: <laughs> yeah. We were bound to talk, you know, religion at one point.
1: It was going to come up. Um, but yeah, so fears as parents, you know, that... That is that is sort of, that is one of them. Uh, I mean, I, I fully expect my kids to experiment with religion. I did. Um, but my parents did a similar thing to what I'm going to do, which is basically, you know, when when our kids ask, you know, there'll be the question, what are we? Because so many people identify as their religious, like as their um, religious, um, whatever, sect. <laughs> it's maybe not quite the right word, but... Whatever their religion is, that's what they'll say. Like, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm Jewish, I'm a Scientologist. (laughs) Um, So yeah, kids come home and they ask, what are we? And it's this interesting question. But yeah, we'll, like my parents, just say what we believe and give them some explanation of what other people believe and sort of let them explore that for themselves. Um, And I mean, my personal feeling is that if we have done the job that we are hoping to do, they will come out of that, uh, you know, at least not, at least being critical of religion and faith, uh, because I, I think if you are to be a reasonable, and I mean in mean, sort of the true sense of the word reason, a reasonable person, then th- that's sort of the only option, um, to at least be to at least be critical of it, and not just accept it whole cloth. Mm. But you know, aside from that. I mean, in a sort of broader sense, things I'm afraid of for our kids, and this this is not necessarily us as parents specifically because we don't have the power to change this. But like mm-hmm. everybody, everybody knows that the world is in kind of a bad place right now, in in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, it's looking more and more likely that there's going to be a fucking Trump presidency. That scares it's the scary. shit out of me. You know that guy's gonna have nuclear weapons and armies holy fuck you know there's that and we literally have no power over that because we can't even vote in the country um, or you know or, I mean all we can do is fucking post Facebook posts <laughs> uh, social media activism uh, which worked in Canada I mean kind of I feel like Canada with, with voting in their current um, administration the current government i feel like they were—they just it was obvious that they needed a change and yeah they did get enough of the word out around voting strategically that they managed to get their their best bet in like a lot of people who voted for the liberal party I oh know, that's confusing they're they're more left than our liberal party by a long shot um mm-hmm. a lot of people who voted for the liberal party, liberal party wanted the uh oh, fuck, what's the (laughs) NDP? Shit, I was thinking NLC or something. That's the insurance company. Uh, Wanted the NDP to get in, uh, who are sort of, you know, basically their equivalent of the Greens, fairly left. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because of their first past the post system, they needed to vote strategically to make sure that the conservatives did not get in. uh, And they succeeded. But I feel like America is not that switched on around people trying to do that
0: and it there's not enough people actually voting anyway like the vote well, I mean, for the last it. few elections it's was like
1: 50 odd percent it's it's ridiculous uh and i mean they but that's have what happens had, when you have
0: mandatory voting yeah
1: they have had i think a larger turnout for like leading into this uh, this presidential campaign in primaries and stuff so you know i don't know if that'll translate to actual votes in the general election or not
0: but the problem is, they all seem to be the Republicans coming out of the woodwork.
1: Yeah, that's that's true as well. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Like that's, you know, I, I'm I'm scared about the world our kids are going to grow up in, um, and and the the even bigger one, if you can imagine it, is is climate change. Like, I've I've started reading, and, and to be fair, I'm only a couple of chapters in because I never get reading time these days. But there's this book called "This Changes Everything" by Naomi Klein. And it is really, and I mean, not that I didn't know that things were dire already, but it is really eye opening about the situation we are in and how long we as civilization, as a world, as you know, in the world, have known that this was a huge problem and where this was going. Like, I'm talking 30, 40 years mm-hmm. and just haven't done anything about it
0: yet. You have a look back in the 80s and 90s, and we noticed that, you know, we were. Causing the ozone layer to be depleted, and what happened within within a year, we banned all those all those chemicals that yeah, I mean that the was CFCs. That, yeah, that, that was that one big thing.
1: But I think the thing is, so one of the things this book talks about is the problem with combating climate change now is that we basically have to tear down the economy of big countries to make it happen, mm-hmm. like. The US, China, Australia, like actually tackling climate change would be a huge hit to their economy on a permanent basis because it means that we have to start, we have to start buying more local, like so much, a big spike in, um, in emissions and stuff happened when the world started becoming more global in it in the way it dealt with its goods um you know we sort of we're growing things all over the world and then shit and then flying them to places and you know putting them on boats or whatever it's it's become this huge sort of export economy worldwide
0: you know make, making things in china and exporting it to the world and
1: yeah and the thing is china is somewhat behind the rest of the um you know the sort of the first world countries as it were um on cleanliness of industry and stuff and not that we're fantastic here either like we fucking Australia,
0: <sighs> coal <Cold laughs> power plants enough they said <laughs> keep, they keep
1: approving them I saw a statistic the other day and to be fair I didn't fact check it but I'm not surprised if it's true this Adani coal mine that they've approved mm. is going to put out something like 60 times the emissions of New Zealand every year for God, s- for like it. the next 70 years like they are destroying the planet and so i think i feel like i feel like australia seems to think that oh if we export the coal and we're not burning it ourselves then like it's not going to affect our climate or something i don't know like or at least that's what they tell themselves to, to justify this shit
0: mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway
1: i'm scared i'm scared and, of climate and here change.
0: we are running computers that are sending out carbon (laughs) pretty much all the time because we're using power (laughs) I mean it's true and yeah like
1: I leave lights on too often we use a lot of water in our house you know on a personal scale I'm perhaps I'm probably I'm definitely not doing everything I could but you know what in the grand scheme of things everybody's sort of little personal tiny changes they ain't gonna do shit because that's not where the vast vast majority of emissions are coming from
0: no, you know, not when you've got big business doing things like like you just said.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, like, I could leave my lights on a bit more if we were using clean energy. Um, if we were using wind and solar power, you know, it wouldn't be a concern on a climate level to, whoops, I left the light on. Like, maybe I'd pay for it with money, but mm-hmm. um, we wouldn't pay for it with fucking losing the Great Barrier Reef or ice caps, you know, Fucking uh, sea levels rising, and we're going to lose
0: all our coastal cities in the next fifty years.
1: Oh, I'm ranting again.
0: Yes, you seem to always do that on on my introduction episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you seem to get into these very ranty episodes right as I'm right as I'm doing, and we do all the fun stuff on the even episodes. <laughs> well, I promise you, next time we get to an an odd episode, we're not going to do anything ranty. We're going to do something a lot of fun, and I'll I'll right. come up with it. And, you like, come. Up, you need to come up in the next two yeah, weeks. You need to come up with a new
1: uh, segment for us for two weeks' time.
0: Yeah, that isn't ranty. That isn't <laughs> ranty. All right. Anyway, um, um, I I suppose I wanted to almost yeah, go into another part of you know what other things are we afraid of in the future for our kids? Yeah, and you know branch it off into okay so. Dating, how's how's that all going to work, and and friends that they that they, um, they actually get as as they grow up, you know, are they actually going to um, you know, be in the in the right friends group to mm. to lead them down a good path? I mean, we were kind of lucky; we were we became friends, and we've got very similar interests because of our friends group, and we got into into what we would now consider the right friends group because none right. of us really did any drugs none of us you know are alcoholics none of us are, are smokers it's like there was no peer pressure to do much of that stuff
1: yeah so that is interesting because I think that can have a huge effect on kids and particularly teenagers um, and often unless they're a particularly confident kid there's not a lot of choice into what friend group you fall into mm. it's sort of incidental it all you know I mean the friend group I fell into and I mean obviously we do have similar interests so it wasn't it wasn't entirely incidental I suppose but it was basically the people who I met on my first day of high school.
0: Yep. Um who seemed nice and was uh, like okay. Yeah, who, who
1: you know who I got along well enough with. Yeah, and but that can have a that can have a huge impact on the direction people go because peer pressure is a big thing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a big topic but we can talk about it a bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I've I have had destructive friend groups outside of our current friend group that that where there was peer pressure to behave in ways and partake in substances that um, that are perhaps ill advised, um, and I managed to sort of step navigate al- that <laughs> navigate that well, yeah, kind of, um, but I managed to sort of steer away from that as I got a bit older and realised that, that that those those friendships were destructive and at least one of those friendships i literally did end up verbal like cutting off specifically like the other ones i kind of just managed to to let them drift off by you know not calling them and not going to things when they invited me but um we eventually sort of went out went our different ways uh but you know yeah i had a friend in late high school and an early university who you know was basically a bit of a delinquent and and came from a family that, I mean, they were very religious, but not in the good way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know, you know, there was definitely sort of criminals in that family, basically, you know, petty criminals, but
0: criminals nonetheless.
1: Yeah, and just you know, that, that that was the guy who got me first smoking and drinking and smoking pot a couple times, which I didn't. Rebel, you. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I have got nothing against any of those things, really. I mean, smoking is the most harmful out of them, I think. I mean, drinking is very harmful, but. Um.
0: So, how many cigarettes did you end up smoking in total? Because I don't, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> I remember seeing you smoke ever.
1: Really? Oh, I, actually, I mean, no, I don't, have a, I smoked, don't actually, have a count of how many cigarettes I smoked. I don't even actually count of how many packs I've, I've I got smoked some.
0: Um, I've got some memories coming back now. Um, there was a time at your place and I remember seeing you smoking and I remember it particularly because um, there was a huntsman on the um, <laughs> on, on the pole outside and someone got the deodorant and asked for a lighter and you oh handed god. them a lighter no. and we flamethrowered the... <laughs> oh my god. Lucky we didn't burn my fucking bungalow down. But I, I now seem to remember that but I I don't remember that lasting very long at all.
1: No, I... I gave up by the, I was probably it was probably a good two or three years that I was smoking on and off socially. I did I did try smoking like I sort of I tried to get into smoking even like outside of social areas a couple times and I never enjoyed it unless I was drinking. It was too gross. Yep. It made me feel sick. But there was there was something even now I can relate to the urge because it is a really interesting and exciting and pleasant feeling in in certain ways to yeah like to inhale smoke and exhale it and just to just that sort of that ritualistic repetitive interesting motion and the feeling of the smoke and
0: well here's something that you'll be you'll be kind of surprised about yeah i have never ever tried to inhale either either normal cigarette or pot or anything like that I'm literally the epitome of goody two-shoes <laughs> so when you say tried to inhale you mean literally I, I've literally not even put a cigarette to my lips to your lips yeah ever
1: yeah well fair enough It's bro- that's good it's healthy it's fu- I don't know it's if fucking, I'm missing out on anything it's gross <laughs> um, you are a little bit yeah a little bit but it's not worth it Obviously, or I'd still be doing it, <laughs> um no, it's gross, your fingers stink, your breath stinks, you get all dry, and I don't know like I mean, really
0: the first time i i I realized I didn't want to do it was when i I used to go down to the tennis club with my parents, and there was a lot of people around there that would drink and smoke and all that sort of stuff, and I yeah. just saw some of them and I'm just like, that looks like a disgusting habit. This person's coughing their lungs up, yeah that's I don't want to I don't want to experience no that. it does horrible things to your body, and
1: yeah, I mean i didn't I wasn't smoking regularly enough or for long enough for it to really have a huge effect. I'm sure I've undone it all by now, um not that I'm super healthy, but you know I'm not smoking I haven't smoked for fifteen years or whatever, but yeah it's there there is there yeah, there's that little rush and you you do get a little bit of a nicotine rush, it just feels like kind of a head rush when you stand up too quickly. That, that maybe then holds on for a little bit longer, and there's the social thing, right? Like, it is kind of cool in that way and kind of fun to sit to to sort of have something to do while you sit around chatting. And I mean, to be honest, I sort of when we are in social situations, I replace that with drinking to some degree. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, it's not that I go super overboard when we're out and drinking, although I maybe drink a bit more than some of you know than some of our friend group. But a lot of that is just about having that sort of something to do with your hands, and I like to I like to always be ha- like always be sipping a drink, which is why often I'll just drink light beer because it's not about getting drunk. I do like to get a little bit drunk, you know, get a bit of a buzz on and so sort of loosen up a bit. But um, it's it's sort of more about just having
0: a drink as a social, yeah, social thing. Like it's it's certainly something I don't I don't I haven't done in a long time probably because i've got some sort of aversion to alcohol like my Mm. body does not react well with it i can have maybe two or three beers but i just know the one thing i'm actually dreading about this boys weekend coming up is i'm gonna i'm gonna drink too much and i'm gonna be sick for half of it
1: well it always
0: happens just don't feel the pressure to
1: i mean i know i know i don't think it is like a peer pressure thing it's more just that it's fun to drink with the boys and blah blah, blah and you sort or of, and you would not t- mind another beer Yeah, exactly. You now I feel
0: like shit. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I mean I <laughs> so I'm a f- I obviously don't want to drink too much and get sick either, but I am also planning on getting my mother-in-law to pick up some duty-free <laughs> spirits and <laughs> when she comes in next week, um so I'll probably bring some tequila. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And that's another drink I have never tried. <laughs> really? Oh well, there you go.
1: Um, it's good with like Coke Zero. It's surprising, See,
0: but I hate Coke Zero, and I. Okay. Um, well, it's probably good with regular Coke too. But yeah. So this this is a totally off-topic um, discussion. Do you like coriander? <laughs> I I kind of know where you're going with this. Now you like, mean you mean the dried stuff, like. It's a herb, you chuck it, you like even the fresh stuff, people were put, putting it in there cooking everywhere that um everywhere that you see. Like everyone's going going off about this coriander stuff. Like, um every, every single place I'm going now is like, ooh, and this is like mint yogurt with, with coriander and
1: For the longest time I didn't know that coriander was the same thing as cilantro. Yes. So that's what you're referring to. Yes. Um so, funnily enough, for a while I liked it, now I don't. hmm At least not much of it. I can handle a little bit of it. But yeah, isn't there some genetic component or
0: something? So, there is a genetic component that about 15% of the, uh, of the population, they taste basically Soap. So you have coriander, and it's like the most disgusting thing you've ever tasted. It tastes like you've just had a mouthful of soap, just <laughs> okay. shoved straight in your mouth. Yeah, I can kind of. It is the most yeah. disgusting thing, and everyone's chucking in their in their in their food. Yeah. So my does- taste buds, my taste buds are already weird enough. Whenever I try any of the um, replacement sugars, I get the same sort of. Oh. Like there's something not natural about this. There's something not right about this. Hmm. I can it sits on the back of my palate and it is disgusting. It actually makes me want to throw up. And I I had a Powerade last week, and I didn't realize it was a zero sugar one. <laughs> and That's I'm like, just gross. I, I've had this massive mouthful and I'm just like, I I almost did a spit take right across my computer screen <laughs> because I'm like, all of a sudden I realized there's just this nasty taste sitting in the back of my palate <laughs> it's uh, like god damn it it's not it's that low sugar shit no I I only drink Coke Zero or Pepsi Max <clears throat> I, I actually prefer Pepsi Max but the the funny thing is I can I can drink Pepsi Max yeah there's something about it that's a bit nicer I don't know it, it is a bit nicer there's something a different sugar that they use I tried that new Coke Life it was horrible Coke Coke 0 it does not taste like normal Coke no matter what anyone says. It just tastes like nasty Coke. Yeah. Anyway, so well, I call it Coke 0 chance of me drinking it ever again. <laughs> grown Um yeah, so anyway, so we've kind of we've, kinda, topic, we've gone way like, off track here.
1: Let's well let's we're getting we're getting close to the end. We're going to have to finish up. We'll get I think I think we should we'll get back to the dating subject in a later podcast. So we we briefly touched on it, but we sort of went off on a tangent um, what we should do though is discuss next
0: week's random episodo rando episodo rando episodo so this rando time rando I, I actually chose a show this time
1: you did yeah you chose a show You. Saw, I'm not sure how you came across it without knowing anything about it but
0: so, please explain um, what it was it was i was um just doing some some searches on on the internet for some random things and a little advert came up for the show called the librarians okay and that's all that all that came came up with it said season three coming soon i'm like what would a show called the librarians actually be about now in in doing quick check there is two librarians tv series so I'm not talking about the Australian one Because I had seen that one Okay What's that so one I, about? That one is about Some librarians <laughs> And And just what goes on what goes Well see we where yeah, Australian We
1: don't beat around the bush
0: If there's a show called The Librarians Then it's fucking about librarians Um So Anyway I thought Okay gotta go with the US one Because that's the one that I saw Like mm. I haven't As far as I know It could be a remake Of the Australian one Right Um. So maybe it is about librarians yeah. Yeah so you you then said well stuff it let's go <laughs> let's go for series 2 yeah so the very I, I, I said let's go for the
1: very last episode so absolutely as much as as possible has happened before we watch it and we just try to go like and they're going to be wrapping everything up for at least Look, well, you said it was an ad for season 3 so at least for yep. this for this season and it's probably going to end on a cliffhanger or on some big resolution and we're not going to know what the fuck
0: has happened yep. before this. So that's Season 2, Episode 10. And I found out that it's called And the Final Curtain. So I'm gathering <laughs> yeah. it's The Librarians and the Final Curtain. Right. So, yeah, if you want to, we,
1: next week we'll have watched this. We'll talk about it. We're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to sort of try to do less of a play-by-play and just a bit more of a general synopsis and key, key things that
0: we thought of as we are watching. Yeah, so we'll do we'll do the synopsis first. We'll just do a general read through, just so that yeah, just like a recap of the episode. We and can then... hit all the different different points, and then we'll go through and pick a couple of points each and just talk about talk about um, yeah. the things that worked, things that didn't work.
1: Well, and and probably less of a sort of a review and critique of the show, and more just our feelings, not knowing what was you know not knowing going in what anything was happening, what we were thinking, what we. Yeah. And my favourite thing, plot holes <laughs> <laughs> You do like your plot holes um, yep. Which are hard, which are kind of hard to distinguish When we haven't <laughs> watched anything before that episode It's hard to know if it's been explained or not But um, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, at least But that's that's the thing about an episodic TV show It's got to be able to pander to the new viewer You don't know where someone's coming in Well, maybe Just like people who have just started on this episode And never listened to us again <laughs> <laughs> Never will, yeah
1: um yeah so yeah if you want to watch that episode and listen along that would be good feel free
0: so have have you got any ideas on what this show could be about
1: well I assume well because wait isn't this the show about victoria knowledge the librarian <laughs> I think they didn't they they made it into a game right
0: yeah I I think I think the guys from uh, tsd did that
1: no your TS, tsd game studios made a game about victoria so yeah I do know something about it. no no um I mean, it's called the librarians, so but it can't just be about library. Like, is, how much drama is there in a library? So I'm assuming that either maybe it's a library in hell, ooh, and they are bo- they're they're borrowing hell books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I've gone a totally different way. I'm guessing it's a sitcom. Okay. So it's a situational com- comedy about three young librarians okay. and the continuing adventures of misplaced books and romance. It sound like, you sound like you're reading that from
1: the Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: now, given that the. Did you just edit on... the Wikipedia page? Maybe. <laughs> um, I, I, and I thought about okay, and the final curtain, could it be that the librarians have been practicing for a play? <laughs> And, and one and one of the librarians breaks their leg literally you know they get told you know break a leg and they break their literally and it's during the final performance so it's therefore there's not no there no, a no it's very
1: very this. literal it's it is about li- librarians in a library but they're running out of money and this is the episode where the repo man comes and takes their last curtain <laughs> and so they're sitting there it's hot they can't close the curtains they can't see their books wait they can't see their computer screens because there's too much glare. It's just horrible. It's incredibly dramatic. That's what I'm assuming is gonna happen.
0: Okay, so why why wouldn't they call it the librarians and the repo man? Not there's, the final curtain. <laughs> because it <laughs> seems like they beat around the bush to get <laughs> to get there. <laughs>
1: because the curtains play a big part in this series. Like they're very important to the plot. It's actually they're solving a they're solving a mystery. <laughs> That they've discovered are sewn into each of their curtains, but they couldn't get to this last one and figure out the 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 cipher before the Reaper man came and took the curtain.
0: So, so going back to your idea of the of the library in hell, you know, how does the final curtain come into that?
1: Oh, they're literally putting on musical theater. Like Satan loves musical theater. <laughs> Everybody
0: knows that. <laughs> oh, and I can just imagine, you know. Um, Satan coming in, going, "Oh, I forgot this book," and and then one of the librarians getting all all uppity about it. But yeah. Then she can't do anything because it's Satan. Because it's Satan.
1: He just like damns her to a pit of shit for the rest of eternity, and sh- and she's still saying "shh" <laughs> to all the demons. And Victoria knowledge
0: is there. <laughs> Victoria knowledge is there with her death stamp. Death stamp and like death. Five o'clock shadow. That'd be
1: that's the name of the movie that they eventually make about. Victoria knowledge. Death stamp. Coming this summer. In a Sorry. world where Sorry librarians Bin diesel as Victorian knowledge.
0: <laughs> Perfect. That just gave away the trick ending, didn't
1: it? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> no, I think what happens is it's Hollywood. They just they couldn't have a leading woman.
0: Ah, so the the
1: They just gender
0: bended. <laughs> Just, just like in old um, just like in old William Shakespeare plays <laughs> it's just Vic knowledge now It's they don't even <laughs> attempt to
1: to make it a woman it's just Vic knowledge the librarian now he's not even a librarian anymore he's like a fucking wait I'll cut out this pause and I'll yep. come, up, come <laughs> up with something good uh
0: no, i got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben has just lost this round of Can you stump Ben? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Damn it. There was a good joke there and I lost it. So yeah, anyway. That's what I think the show is going to
0: be about. We will see. I was trying to find some time this week to watch it. In fact, just, just to do something a little bit different. Mm. Why don't you post... Under the comments on our Facebook page, what you think the librarians could be about? Okay, that that could be a bit of fun. So c- maybe c- maybe comment comment on our post. Um, oh, I thought you were me- talking
1: about me personally. No, no, no. <laughs> You're talking
0: to the audience. Talking to the audience. So how about our audience? Um, we'll we'll put a post up on on Facebook when this gets released, and and you can put your own theories as to what you think the librarians um, could be about. That's a good idea. Yeah. If you haven't watched it. Or if you have watched it but just want to speculate wildly, speculate and be funny. Like we we don't want anyone spoiling the show because that's just that's not in the that's spirit a of the dick game. move. But
1: yeah, if you want to speculate what you think a show called The Librarians with an episode called The Final Curtain or End of the Final Curtain could be about, do it in our the Facebook comments of this
0: episode. So I I think that could be a little bit a little bit of fun, you know, getting getting audience particip- participation. We'll just, absolutely because we don't do enough of that so we, we might have little questions like this every now and again just to try and get get people talking about about the show
1: yeah yeah if you've got questions you want to ask us even well we're going to finish up so if you do have questions you want to ask about us uh, you can go to our website com, leave a comment
0: uh, you can tweet us on twitter at twoswerydads
1: uh, you can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com two sweary dads. And that's probably the best place to uh, sort of get our attention and, and maybe start some conversation.
0: Yep. Um, we have an email address
1: podcast at two dads.com. And uh, that's
0: about it for us. So, Trevor, do you have any final thoughts? Well, yes. I'm, I'm just wondering after our conversation today who actually created the world? Go ask your mum.